B98.5's Tad and Drex Show podcast. Helping you catch up on what you missed. Tad and Drex are keeping you up to date with everything you need to know. It's info to go on B98.5. Yeah, we're keeping you up to date twice an hour all morning and every hour all day, all weekend, all week, every, like, every single second. 24-7. 24-7-365. 366. Oh, hi. Leap year. Extra day. All right. Mind blown. (laughs) Sponsored by Breda Pest Management. They handle bugs and critters. 558. What's up, Kara? I know we've all been cooped up a little longer than we'd like. But if everybody follows the rules, we can get over this together. That means staying in when we can and protecting ourselves and others when we have to go out and keeping that six-foot distance. That does not mean crowding the few parks and trails that the government has left open for us to enjoy. Now, most of these places have already closed, but that hasn't kept people from hitting the Silver Comet Trail over in Cobb County and flooding Piedmont Park and the Beltline. So, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms is even and said she's considering closing Piedmont Park and the Beltline because people can't follow the rules. I'm out in Piedmont Park and the Beltline, and I, I stopped going on them because people do not care. It's they, crazy. Uh, it's, it's depressing, actually. And, and Ted, when you say that they don't care, is it that they're traveling in too large of a group or they're too close together while traveling? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, what if it's like a husband and wife? <clears throat> Sorry, what if the husband and wife tra- like running together? Um, please, into the crook of your elbow right. next time. Do that. <laughs> That's the pollen. Um, oh. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, pollen. Right. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean... I mean, I don't know what their uh, arrangement is, what their family arrangement is, but there's like five or six people. So unless okay. it's, unless we're in Utah, I don't think they all <laughs> live together. If they do, great. Good on them. Right. I was thinking about it. It would have been smart to start like a commune when this all started. Find some like-minded people who take this as serious as you do. With kids, everybody stays in. One person goes out like uh, Bird Box, right? <laughs> yeah. He does the shopping with a blindfold on. That sounds like a cult. Right. <laughs> Everybody wears identical Nike sneakers and it'd be awesome. Yeah. So how's your internet holding up, you guys? It's good. It's yeah. solid. It's there. Oh, come on. You're asking Drex, Mr. Xfinity? Xfinity.com. Right? <laughs> uh, what about yours, Tad? My AT&T. <laughs> <laughs> well, with so many people being online lately, working from home, schooling from home, there are lots that aren't able to afford the luxury of this glorious broadband that we get. Mm-hmm. So yesterday, Governor Kemp announced the launch of broadband.georgia.gov. Now, broadband providers are offering various options for Georgia to connect to the internet and um, the the site also includes different locations that are offering Wi-Fi services, free Wi-Fi services because all of you people that used to go to Starbucks and some of these other places they're closed now. Mm -hmm. You can't use that free Wi-Fi. Now he is asking for anyone who goes to visit those sites to keep that six foot distance and to do what we're supposed to do to keep each other safe. I was uh, in 2009 I was out of work and I had internet, but I couldn't upload. Like when we are out of work in radio, we have to send big files, yeah. of like demos of mm-hmm. your show and stuff to pr- program directors who then ignore you. And uh, <laughs> my internet wasn't good enough in my place. So I would go down in my pajamas. I'd spend most of my day in my pajamas outside my friend Ashley's apartment. She was at work and I was using her internet because I had the password to upload my stuff. Well, it's so going to be there. very important now because uh, there's so many resources online if you need unemployment or maybe mm-hmm. you're trying to look at that uh you know any of the stimulus packages that are coming through i can't speak for at&t ted i'm being serious when i say this not like joking around trying to plug 
but Xfinity has like 18 million hotspot hotspots that they've opened up for free. You don't even have to be a customer. So it's nice to see that the governor and then other uh, internet providers are making this possible for. Yeah, people. with the school being extended to stay at home through. Yeah. you know, oh, April. Your kids aren't going back to school. I'm, I don't. I don't mean to be rude to you. Your kids will not be going back to school this year. Uh, I'm being 100 percent serious right here. Um, I'm sure AT and T has all of that. Too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> are we done? We're done. Answer more questions than Kara. Grab a quick hundred bucks. But she won't make it easy. It's Are You Smarter Than Kara on B98.5. Good morning, Carol and Marietta. Good morning. Hi, could you please kick Kara out of the studio? <laughs> Get out of here, Kara. See you, Carol. Good luck. Ah, <laughs> We are going to ask you five pop culture questions. If you answer more right than Kara, you'll win a hundred bucks of her money. If she answers more right than you, she wins. All ties go to the house. Are you ready for some trivia? Yes. All right, here we go. Question one. Add another $400,000 to the $1 million that Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively already donated to food banks and hospitals. How do Ryan and Blake know each other? They're married. Okay. Question two, even though Shaq appeared in the Tiger King documentary, he wants you to know he's not friends with Joe Exotic. What sport did Shaq play? Basketball. Number three, America, you sound so confident in your answers. (laughs) Number three, American Idol is batting around the idea of continuing the show with the judges filmed from their house. Name all three of the original judges on American Idol. Ah. Okay, now you got me. Really? Um, yeah, I guess Simon. Yeah. Oh, but they t- okay. That's I just remember Simon. I just they changed so much. <laughs> I don't remember all of all them. All right, number four, ninety-nine-year-old Hugh Downs is doing fine amid COVID nineteen. Hugh co-hosted what news program alongside Barbara Walters? Number five, Lizzo sent meals to hospital workers in her hometown of Minneapolis. Name the major retailer that's headquartered in Minneapolis. Did Amazon? All right, let's bring Kara back in, Carol. (laughs) Yeah, Carol and Marietta struggled a little bit this morning with these pop culture questions. You only got two right. So, Kara, you have to answer at least two of these right to tie and take the win. All right, pay attention. Break out your number two pencil and take notes. (laughs) This is class. You ready? Yes. Question number one. Add another $400,000 to the $1 million that Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively already donated to food banks and hospitals. How do Ryan and Blake know each other? They are husband and wife. That's what Carol said, one-to-one. Number two, even though Shaq appeared in the Tiger King documentary, he wants to make sure you know he's not friends with Joe Exotic. What sport did Shaq play? Basketball. He endorses everything. You don't think he would have endorsed at the GW Zoo? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what Carol said, two to two. Number three, American Idols batting around the idea of continuing the show with judges filmed from their house. Name all three of the original judges. Original judges. Paul, uh, Simon Cowell, Paula Abdul, and Randy Jackson. There you go. Carol oh just had God, Simon. Yeah. Three to two. Number four, 99-year-old Hugh Downs is doing fine amid COVID-19. Hugh co-hosted, uh, co-hosted what news show alongside Barbara Walters? Barbara Walters was 2020, so is that it? That's the right Ooh. answer. Carol said 60 <laughs> minutes. All right, four to two. Yeah. Hugh would have done great on The View, though. Yeah. I'd say. <laughs> Number five, Lizzo sent me. Is Hugh dating Betty White? They Possibly, should be. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't, don't know. mess with Betty White. Right? <laughs> she's, what? She's a classic. Don't mess with Hugh Towns, handsome fella. <laughs> All right, number five, Lizzo <laughs> sent meals to hospital workers in her hometown of Minneapolis. Name the major retailer headquartered in Minneapolis. My sister goes there all, all the time because she she supplies groceries for for this place. I have no idea. Right. Uh, Carol mm-hmm. said Amazon. Ted, you're right. You were thinking Target. Is that correct? Yes, sir. That is oh. the right answer. Oh, my God. Yeah. Final score is Kara 4 and Carol 2. Carol and Marietta, are you smarter than Kara? No. Kara, <laughs> <laughs> 739 no. wins and just 24 losses. Ooh-oh. Sorry, Carol. <laughs> It's all good. It's Todd and Drex's Info to Go on B98.5. Sponsored by Braden Pest Management. They handle bugs and critters. 659, a cool start. Storms to the south. Heavy rain in Atlanta today. What's going on, Kara? So I want you guys to think back to your high school prom. It's one of those life moments that no matter how good or horrible the night went, your experience sticks with you forever. So it makes me so sad for all of these teens that have already picked out the perfect outfit and we're so excited about this night. And now all that cute gear is just sitting there. And so are these kids. Well, a 12-year-old local girl named Serenity has decided to do something about it and she has created a virtual prom night. It's going to happen tonight on Instagram Live from 7 p.m. to 10. It's the virtual isolation prom. So she's got two DJs and a comedian, and this is all going to go down on Instagram Live tonight. She wants everybody to tune in and to get dressed up and to take pictures in your gear and to post them with the hashtag VIP prom night and just to have a good time and try and take your mind off of things. I know I'm bored. I know they're bored, too. So... I wanted something like they can do and get dressed, take pictures. Will there be chaperones? Well, I, I got as a dad, I've got to know that there are chaperones present, even if it's a virtual prom. I don't think it's getting out of control. Right. I don't want people getting too close to their computer monitors. Oh my gosh! Uh, hopefully, uh, those parents won't be like running down the hallway of a hotel, knocking on doors, trying to find you, like my mom was trying to find me. No, they'll just be knocking on your bedroom doors because they're all at home quarantined. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, at a time when hospital workers and doctors are on the front lines battling this virus, a little more boost can go. A- a long way and people have been trying to send their love in the coolest of ways some people going out on their back patios and sending a round of applause at 8 p.m every night and then there are people like barb first her husband works over at emory midtown and she was being told by him like just how bad the doctors and nurses were feeling that morale was just really low and they didn't really know what to do to kind of boost everybody's spirits so barb got together with a couple of her friends on facebook and has created the feed our hospital heroes fundraiser it's a gofundme page but basically they are buying all kinds of really cool meals so they're actually supporting our local restaurants too buying these really cool boxed meals and sending them to the hospitals so that the doctors and nurses can get a meal which sometimes is the only bite of food that they get all day so i think this is really awesome and huge applause to everybody who's trying to step up and do something for these How people. do you donate if you're hearing this? It's the Feed Our Hospital Heroes on GoFundMe. You can just search through the GoFundMe. How do you feel about I, I got some friends on Facebook who have, like over the last couple of days bought and paid for lunches from their companies, you know, those are my friends own the company, then they buy lunches for the medical professionals and then they like post about it on Facebook and Instagram. 
Oh, cause marketing. Yeah, how do you feel about that? How do I feel about it? I feel like it's everywhere, and if you're not doing it, you're probably missing out. <laughs> right? B98.5, 80s, 90s, and now it's Tad, Drex, and Kara, and we have Jen on the phone. She's a local ER nurse. We just really wanted to check in with you to see how things are at uh, at some of the local hospitals. The last couple of weeks honestly haven't been too bad. I would say the beginning of March was absolute hell. I was just waiting for the zombies to pop out. It was people just flooding us and coming in and no symptoms, just wanting the tests. We had a six to eight hour wait in the lobby um, for several days because the CDC recommends that if somebody has symptoms and we're screening them, then they have to go into a room. They can't go in the hall. So we had critical patients in the hallway because we had to quarantine these other patients. Mm. It was just, it was insane. (laughs) And Jen, I know there's HIPAA laws and stuff, so you can't be specific, but have you seen or treated anybody with coronavirus? They are not telling us. We have tested a lot of people, um, but we are not being informed if any of those particular patients of ours are coming back as positive. How would you know the proper precautions to take, or is it kind of universal? It doesn't matter what the patient has. You guys kind of treat them the same way or take the same precautions? Unless you're in there for, like, abdominal pain or a migraine or something like that, we're pretty much gearing up for every room that could possibly be a COVID patient. Now, I've seen that they're doing that a lot, kind of putting the squash on people having visitors. My friends actually just had a baby via C-section yesterday, and the babies had to go up into the NICU, and they're not even allowed to see their own child right now. Is that like a regular thing across everybody right now? It is. Like oncology floors, NICUs, those are like totally out because of the high chance of, you know, the probability of, of the patient um, contracting something. So, I mean, you could be walking around for a week without symptoms but still be a carrier. No temperature, no symptoms. Walking into the NICU with all the other little babies in there that are all compromised already because they're all premature. So it's a precaution and it's something that we don't want to do because, um, you know, obviously we take care of all sorts of patients in the emergency department. And when we have um, oncology patients down there or people who are otherwise, you know, ill and, and we tell them, look, your family can't come back here and see you. They can't wait in the lobby. They have to either wait in their car or go home. Like you get one visitor in the emergency department and it's not like a revolving door where you tag out and then one other person can go in. It's one person the entire stay, the same person. Was this part of your training? When you're in nursing school, do they talk about the fact that, I mean, you think about like maybe shootings, car accidents, things that you have to deal <laughs> with, but yeah. something like this where you're putting yourself at risk every day? Honestly, none of that is even in nursing school. Mm-hmm. Um, the shootings and whatnot. I mean, that's like more on the job training specific to what field you go into. Um, even, you know, when you're going through and doing your clinicals as a nursing student, you're really not exposed to that much. It's hit or miss because. You know, it just depends on what day you're there. So thankfully, the emergency departments are very prepared for any kind of pandemic, mass casualty incident. Um, We do hands-on training to prepare for this kind of stuff. We're prepared, and that's why we want people to stay home unless they absolutely have to come in. You know, if they're sick, we want them to come in, regardless if it's COVID or not. If you have a broken bone, we want you to come in. But when we were were getting flooded at the beginning of the month, it was slowing down everything. And it was, you know, for lack of a better term, constipating the system. So, you know, it just 
it just made things very difficult. Talking to Jen, who's an ER nurse at a local hospital. I don't know if you've seen the memes, and a lot of people have been posting, like, thank you to our truck drivers and medical professionals and all that. Outside of a thank you, what else What else can we do for you guys? What else can we say, or how else can we act to make your job a little bit easier? Just stay home. <laughs> you know, like, if you don't. If you don't have to be there, don't come in. Um, the primary carers are so quick to say, because they're not seeing anybody. So you call and you say, I have a headache. And they're so quick to say, okay, we'll go to the ER. Well, no, try some Tylenol or ibuprofen at home. If that doesn't work, if it gets worse, then okay, sure. But, you know, try some problem solving at home before you come in. Don't jump right in. And, you know, especially if it's a small child, um, at least try, if they have a fever, at least try to give them some Tylenol or something at home first, you know. Um, use a little bit of better judgment before you run to the emergency room. Um, and, you know, there's also it, the fact that people are buying all of these N95s off the shelves. Um, we get trained or fitted every year on these masks. We know what size we are. Um, we know how to properly put them on. So it's not just a mask that you can pick up off the shelf and you're 100% covered. Don't use the medical equipment unless you have to. Um, you're not trained on it, so there's no reason for you to go to the store and pick up an N95 because it's not going to help you probably. Uh, Jen, do you have a family? Like, do you have kids, husband, boyfriend? I do. I have a husband, and I, I, if I call him a kid, he'd probably get mad at me. He's almost 16. Right. <laughs> oh, wow. So when you come home from working in the ER all day for 12-hour shifts or whatever, how do you decontaminate yourself before entering the house or do they just accept it as it is? Because, I mean, I scrub in when I get home, and I, don't, and I work in radio. Yeah. Scrub in, that's great. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've always been uh, kind of crazy about not bringing stuff home. I pick everything off in the garage. I have leather seats in my car so they don't get stuck in my car. I mean, it may seem a little anal, but with the amount of times that I get sick um, and, you know, my coworkers and everything, and we, we don't want to bring this stuff home to our families. And they have no idea how long this particular virus lasts on surfaces. Like, they put out something recently that um, said, well, this is what it is on cardboard, and this is what it is on a glass, and et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, they don't know. They don't know for sure. So until proven otherwise, I'll continue my craziness. Sounded like, <laughs> like, my, sounded my like a Lizzo song. You're like, I take my scrubs off. Uh, Check <laughs> my hands. <laughs> That's going to be the new hit. Yeah. <laughs> Pat and Drax are keeping you up to date with everything you need to know. It's Info to Go on B98.5. Brought to you by Breda Pest Management. They handle bugs and critters. Good morning, 725. A cool start. Storms to the south. Heavy rain in Atlanta today. 61 right now. What's going on, Kara? I know we've all been cooped up a little longer than we'd like, but if everybody follows the rules, we can get over this together. That means staying in when we can and protecting ourselves and others when we have to go out and keeping that six-foot distance. That does not mean crowding the few parks and trails that the government has left open for us to enjoy. Now, most of these places have already closed, but that hasn't kept people from hitting the Silver Comet Trail over in Cobb County and flooding Piedmont park and the Beltline. So Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms has even said she's considering closing Piedmont Park and the Beltline because people can't follow the rules. I'm out in Piedmont Park and the Beltline and I, I stopped going on them because people do not care. It's they, crazy. It's, it's depressing actually. And Ted, when you say that they don't care, is it that they're traveling in too large of a group or they're too close together while traveling? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, what if it's like a husband and wife... <clears throat> 
<clears throat> Sorry. What if the husband wife tra- like running together? Um, please into the crook of your elbow right. next time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the pollen. Um, oh. <laughs> the uh, yeah pollen. Right. Um, so yeah, no. I mean, I mean, I don't know what their uh, arrangement is, what their family arrangement is, but there's like five or six people. So unless okay. it's, unless we're in Utah. I don't think they all live together. <laughs> if they do, great. Good on them. Right. I was thinking about it. It would have been smart to start like a commune when this all started. Find some like-minded people who take this as serious as you do. With kids, everybody stays in. One person goes out like a bird box, right? <laughs> yeah. He does the shopping with a blindfold on. That sounds like a cult. Right. <laughs> Everybody wears identical Nike sneakers, and it'd be awesome. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. So how's your internet holding up, you guys? It's good. It's yeah. solid. It's there. Oh, come on. You're asking Drex, Mr. Xfinity? I know, right? <laughs> what about yours? My AT&T. <laughs> <That's fantastic. laughs> well, with so many people being online lately, working from home, schooling from home, there are lots that aren't able to afford the luxury of this glorious broadband that we get. Mm-hmm. So yesterday, Governor Kemp announced the launch of broadband.georgia.gov. Broadband providers are offering various options for Georgians to connect to the internet the site also includes different locations that are offering wi-fi services free wi-fi services because all of you people that used to go to starbucks and some of these other places they're closed now you Mm -hmm. can't use that free wi-fi now he is asking for anyone who goes to visit those sites to keep that six foot distance and to do what we're supposed to do to keep each other safe i was uh in 2009 i was out of work and I had internet, but I couldn't upload. Like when we are out of work in radio, we have to send big files, yeah. of like demos of mm-hmm. your show and stuff to pr- program directors and then ignore you. And uh, <laughs> my internet wasn't good enough in my place. So I would go down in my pajamas. I'd spend most of my day in my pajamas outside my friend Ashley's apartment. She was at work and I was using her internet because I had the password to upload my stuff. Well, it's so going to be there. very important now because uh, there's so many resources online if you need unemployment or maybe mm-hmm. you're trying to look at that, uh, you know, any of the stimulus packages that are coming through. I can't speak for AT&T, Ted. I'm being serious when I say this, not like joking around, I'm trying to plug. But Xfinity has like 18 million hotspots hot spots that they've opened up for free. You don't even have to be a customer. So it's nice to see that the governor and then other uh, internet providers are making this possible for people. Yeah, with the school being extended to stay at home through, you know, April. Your kids aren't going back to school. I I don't mean to be rude to you. Your kids will not be going back to school this year. Uh, I'm being 100% serious right here. Um, I'm sure AT&T has all of that. (laughs) Our pop culture princess is ready to play. Are You Smarter Than Kara is on B98.5. Good morning, Sarah in Cartersville. Good morning. Hi, could you please kick Kara out of the studio? See you later, Kara. Bye, Sarah. Good luck. Thanks. I'm going to ask you five pop culture questions. If you answer more right than Kara, she'll pay you 100 bucks of her money. If she answers more right than you, she wins. All ties go to the house. Are you ready? I'm super nervous, but yes. Don't be nervous. <laughs> don't be nervous. Here we go. Question one. Prince Charles is out of isolation after just a week. How many sons does Prince Charles have? Oh, two. Question two. Dolly Parton has started a bedtime story video series for kids. What state is Dollywood located in? Tennessee. Number three. Shaq wants you to know that he's not friends with the Tiger King, Joe Exotic. Name the pizza company Shaq endorses. Pizza Hut. <laughs> Number four, Taco Bell is giving away free tacos at the drive-thru today. There are over a thousand Taco Bells in the U.S. that have this fast food restaurant attached to it. It's a KFC. Combo. All right. Number five, 
Fixer Upper tops the list of HGTV shows to binge over the next few weeks. What Texas town did Chip and Joanna shoot Fixer Upper in? Waco. Bring Kara back in. Ooh, we have a fixed rubber fan, apparently. Uh, Sarah, you got four right on tough Whoa. questions. This this oh, could be yes. it. You, you may have done it. Four is the number, Kara. Same questions, Kara. Number one, Prince Charles is out of isolation after just a week. Sounds irresponsible to me. How many sons does Prince Charles have? Two. That's what Sarah said. It's one to one. The fact that Kara even sort of even thought about that. Number two, Dolly Parton has started a bedtime story video series for kids. I remember a time where that was for dads. <laughs> <laughs> what state is Dollywood located in? Tennessee. That's what Sarah said. Two to two. Number three, Shaq wants you to know that he's not friends with the Tiger King, Joe Exotic. Name the pizza company Shaq endorses. Papa John's. Sarah said Pizza Hut. So, Carrie, you're up three to two. (laughs) Number four, Taco Bell's giving away free tacos at the drive-thru today. There are over a thousand Taco Bells in the U.S. that have this fast food restaurant attached to it. KFC. Not fair to have that many options. Uh, That's what Sarah said. You guys, uh, it's four to three. Kara's still up. And why they don't offer the, like, KFC... Taco. Chalupa. Whatever. Gross. I mean, combo it. Put some of those mashed potatoes in there, some coleslaw. Ew. Number five, fixer up or tops the list of HGTV shows to binge over the next few weeks. What Texas town did Chip and Joanna shoot fixer up or in? They're in, oh gosh, their brand is Magnolia. It's Waco, Texas. That's what we were looking for, and that's what Sarah said. What a great game today. Final score of five to four. Sarah in Cartersville, are you smarter than Kara? Not today. Yeah, Kara, 740 wins and just 24 losses. Sorry, Sarah. Thanks. It was fun being on here. You got the 8.5, 80s, 90s, and now good morning and thanks for listening. It's Tad, Drex, and Kara, and at least twice a week, if not more, we talk to Dr. Del Rio. He's a coronavirus expert, Emory University, smartest man I've ever come in contact with. He's on the phone right now. Uh, Dr. Del Rio, the president, extended the kind of, you know, stay at home and some of the keep your distance practices through the month of April. Do you think that's going to be enough? You know, it's hard to know, but but I think I, I, I tell people, you know, we know this virus has an incubation period of, of about 2 to 14 days. So 2 times 14, you know, 28, 30 days, that'll be two incubation periods of the virus. So I think it's reasonable, and I think that the president was right by saying, Let's let's hold off on opening until April 30th, because that's two more cycles of the virus. So that will allow, you know, we know that by social distancing, if we don't have social distancing, one infection today results in about 400 infections in 30 days. Wow. If we have at least 75 percent of social distancing, one infection results only in 2.5 new infections at the end of 30 days. So we can really slow the number of new infections if we did the social distancing at a national level in an effective way. It doesn't need to be 100%. Even 50% social distancing would result in 15 new infections as opposed to 400 new infections. So any degree of social distancing above 50% over 30 days is going to decrease the number of new infections. But that would also give us time to do to scale up testing and to do the necessary things in ensuring up our hospitals to be much better prepared for patients that come in in May, June, July, etc., so I think it's critical that we do this April thing well. I mean, this is like our final exam, right? 
Dr. Del Rio, you had, well. you, had, uh, you had written something about uh, April 22nd being a peak day. How did you ar- arrive at that number, and, and what is going to peak? So, so I, I did not arrive at that number. I will start by saying that my colleagues at the Institute of Healthcare Metric and Evaluations arrive at that number. The Institute for Healthcare Metric and Evaluations has, uh, it's in Seattle. They do a, they're probably some of the best mathematical models in the world. And if you go to their website, last Friday, they released a sort of projections for the United States and projections for each and every state in this country. And what we learned from, from them is, in fact, you know, they projected, if I, if I recall, they projected for the United States as a country approximately uh, 82,000 deaths. So that's, in fact, the information the president used yesterday to say, oh, we're going to have about 100,000 deaths because he took that number and basically rounded up to from 82,000. So, so if you go to that site, it, it tells you that as a country, we're going to peak April, April 15 of 2020, and our number of deaths in the country are going to be in the order of 83, almost 84,000. 84, but if you go there and then go by state, you can actually go down to Georgia. And what you learn when you look at Grady, uh, Georgia, it says we will peak April 23rd of 2020, and our total deaths in the state uh, by August the 4th are going to be in the neighborhood of 2,648. So again, it's not my predictions. I'm simply relying on what I think is probably the best group in, in, in the country, probably in the world in modeling. And again, I encourage your viewers and your listeners to, to go to that site. It's a really interesting site to look at because they do a great job of predicting what's going on. Um, I, I know, you know, older people and, and at-risk people with compromised immune systems are at higher risk, but then there was something I saw that men are at higher risk statistically. Is there a reason for that, or is that just well, you know, happens uh, to be? It's it's interesting that uh, there is there's there may be reasons for that that are biological. I mean, I think men, you know, we tend to be, I would say, less strong than women. We tend to die younger. We have more chronic <laughs> diseases like heart disease, hypertension, diabetes. Yeah, we're, I mean, you know, people say women are the weaker sex, but I think it's the men who are the weaker sex. But we also do things to ourselves, like, you know, we smoke more, we damage our lungs more. So I think overall the health of, of men is not as good as the health of women. So it's not surprising. Having said that, there's also some people that suggest that there may be some biological reasons, including the fact that there may be more receptors in the lung of men for this virus, this ACE2 receptor that the virus uses to enter the cells. But I think that's still in a speculation. It may be more that has to do with who we are as men and versus women. We're going to put up with your crap more, Kara. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, we're going to deal with y'all <laughs> whining when he gets sick. I mean. Uh, Dr. Del Rio. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What about boys' night? Or what about Right? It? What about guys' night? I mean, there's more guys' nights than there are ladies' nights. We're wasting the doctor's time here. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Del Rio, my mom went on a cruise of like early February, and she said she felt like crap for like two weeks. Did she already have it? You know, she she could. And I think what we learned there's a there's a paper that was published uh, in Lancet uh, recently. Uh, and then when we when we do enough testing, when we do population uh, based testing, one thing we we learn is that. Uh, is that there are more people infected than what we think there are. And when you, and a lot of asymptomatic or mildly symptomatic people. So once we have serological testing and other testing and we do more widespread testing, we will come to the conclusion that, oh, maybe there's a lot more people that we didn't know about who have, who have coronavirus. And, it, and that, in fact, may be, 
it, that may be, in fact, uh, the reason why the mortality is right now what it is as opposed to what it should be. You know, in the, in the U.S. right now, we have, uh, you know, we, we have roughly, as of today, about 164,000 cases and about uh, 3,000 deaths. But when you start looking more carefully at those numbers and you start realizing really how many people have been infected, the reality is that that, that mortality may be a little on the high side, and it may be a lot lower than that. Right now, our mortality in the U.S. is about 1.9%, and at the end of the day, it may be more in the order of 0.7%, 0.8%. So we'll know more as we, as we learn more. But again, I want to emphasize that still the number of people infected is pretty dramatic, and the total number of infections may, in fact, be driving a lot of what we see with this disease. We know you're like super smart, and I, so I have to ask this question. Sometimes when we talk to you, we hear you tapping away on your keyboard. Are you operating on such a level that you're able to talk to us and send emails out at the same time? Uh, no, I'm not sending emails, but actually checking my information. I think in this day and age, in this day and age, we cannot rely on, on what I remember and what our brains are. I like, to, I like to continuously be checking the information that I'm giving you because I want your, your listeners to have accurate information. I want to be sure that I'm not saying something that I haven't checked. So if I'm going to give you a number, I want to be sure that I can go to the site and say, hey, this is the most recent information because this information is changing so rapidly. Yeah. What, you know, what, what I tell people is what I tell you today may not be exa- exactly true tomorrow. It is, it is a fast, rapidly moving uh, pandemic with a lot of science and information appearing so quickly that, that our knowledge is, is advancing so rapidly that it's really hard rather than keeping it in my mind. <laughs> we, we got the Internet. We have computers. Mm-hmm. We have reliable sources. Go there and get your information because, as I said, you know, it's just impossible to keep in, in your head. It's still it's still impressive that yeah. you're able to even do that. <laughs> we are talking with Dr. Del Rio, coronavirus expert from Emory University. A couple of questions from our audience. Joe in Loganville says, with constant hand washing and dry skin, you can get painful cracks in your skin. Is, th- is that another way for a virus to get inside you if there was like a cut in your skin? <laughs> The answer is no. Is it true that you can pick up the virus on your shoes when you're walking outside? The answer is no. Uh, Dr. Del Rio, our boss put in a box of gloves here in the studio and says, you know, you can use one per radio shift. I mean, are, are, are gloves helpful in this situation? Can, can gloves hold the coronavirus? Well, I don't think gloves can hold the coronavirus, you know, but what, you, what I think your boss is trying to do is we do know that, that contact and touching things and i think gloves are okay if you're going to touch something but then you need to be sure you don't touch your face because right. the way this virus frequently gets transmitted and we're learning more about this is you know let's say in in a building you or in a in, a, in an office you have the doorknob or you have the uh, the elevator uh you know buttons and you touch it and somebody who has disease was expressing transmitting the virus has put their hand in their face or maybe sneezes on top of the door handle and the virus stays there for actually several hours. And then you come around, you touch that, and then you touch your face. That's how you get the virus. So the key here is whenever you're touching what I call high-touch surfaces, that you, that you go immediately and, and wash your hands. And I, I cannot emphasize enough how critical hand washing is in the prevention of this. So the gloves is, 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 is useful, but I would say hand wash more than use gloves. I've been sitting on this question that came in on the open mic, which people can open on the B98.5 app because it's kind of out there, but there's a lot of rumors that are out there. This is from Larry. 
I had read on the internet that I could spritz water on my face and then put a hair dryer on a warm temperature in my nose to kill the virus. Is that true? Well, you know, I don't know if that's true, but what, what we know it's true is that this, this virus is in general, coronaviruses don't like uh, warm uh, temperature. They tend to replicate better at cooler temperatures. And that's part of the reason why they tend to be in, in, in the infect and they live better in the upper respiratory tract, in our nose, and our throat, because that's a little cooler than the rest of our body. You know, that's where it's in contact with the outside air. But I don't, I'm not sure. I would, I would be very careful about burning myself with a, with a hot air dryer. So, you know, I, I just wash my hands. I wash my face. Soap and water. You don't need a, 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 a hair dryer. You need soap and water. Some people have been talking about coffee, drinking hot liquids for that reason, drinking more tea. Um, that or is there anything that we should be doing? Maybe something new that you've learned that would be a, another protectant besides the, the hand washing and the six feet distance and, and that? You know, there's, there's no at this point in time, there's nothing magical. Really, the things that we've talked about and want to emphasize over and over is that six foot distance. That social, you know, physical distancing. I think it's important. I think it's critically important that we that we uh, that we wash our hands. And again, I want to emphasize the, the face touching, especially in this time of allergies. I mean, there are sometimes. Yesterday, I was watching, and I felt like using my fingers and scratching my eyes. I was so, you know, they were itching so much. But I resisted the temptation. Right, I put my hands inside my pockets, and I said, No, I'm not going to do this because the immediate reaction is touch your face, scratch your eyes. And that is really a way for this virus to get into you. So do not touch your face. We know how frequently people touch their faces. It is unbelievable. And if you can do a favor for somebody, when you see somebody about to touch your face, very politely say, please don't touch your face. That is prevention. Like Drex gnawing on pens in here in the studio. I've been on him about that the last couple of days. Yeah, I'm a face toucher and a chewer. <laughs> <you know. laughs> We're just like sitting here watching. Like he, when you say "don't touch your face," all he hears is "touch, touch your, your face. face." Well, all I hear is like "don't tell, don't tell me what to do" with your romantic yeah. Hispanic accent, Doctor Del Rio. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Tad and Drex Show podcast. Subscribe for automatic updates and listen live weekdays from five to nine a.m on B98.5.